Greetings, Greenhouse people! If you haven't already listened to part one of this episode, I encourage you to jump back in the archives and start there. This is part two, and we continue the conversation picking up right where we left off. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and we're continuing a discussion on greenhouse lighting, dynamic lighting, new technology in LED systems from Saloom Technologies that allows for a multi-zoning to meet the needs of multiple crops, as well as the ability to control light intensity and spectrums. My guests, Rose and Michael from Saloom, share case studies, new research, and a fresh approach to LED lighting. If you have plans to explore new lighting technologies or upgrade your current system in the near future, this two-part episode is for you. Listen for a blend of science and real-world application with two guests who bring passion and tremendous knowledge to an energetic discussion about a critical topic. Let's meet the guests. Rose Sagant is an agronomist specializing in controlled environment agriculture with previous experience in indoor agriculture, agricultural innovation systems, and agricultural development in remote areas of Canada. She holds a bachelor's degree in agro-environmental sciences and a master's degree in bioresearch engineering from McGill University, and during which she published several peer-reviewed articles and technical reports pertaining to controlled environment agriculture and sustainable agriculture. Michael Hainan is Saloom's U.S. Market Sales Director and has worked in the controlled environment ag field for more than a decade as an entrepreneur and in technical sales. He began his journey as the owner of a horticulture operation, understanding the challenges associated with precision agriculture from a grower's perspective. Before opening Saloom's first U.S. office, he worked for one of the top global horticultural LED companies. Michael's passionate about green technology, sustainability, and helping companies maximize their profitability and growth. Be sure to subscribe to the Tech On Demand podcast on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, and more. Once you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. Let's get back to the discussion with part two. Well, you both mentioned problem solving, getting to those pain points, putting growers' minds at ease. I think that all of that is uh, very critical when it comes to any sort of new technology. Um, so I can certainly appreciate the the importance of that. Uh, one sort of uh, follow-up question, do, do facilities matter much, like the actual greenhouse structure that these are going in? Um, do you have solutions that can kind of work, work within any existing structure? Because I don't think growers want to build new greenhouses to uh to, to install new lighting um, a lot of times they're working with legacy structures that have been built up over many years and you probably have seen every different type of greenhouse known to man from the most modern to the most sort of uh rustic so what you know do, how much do facilities factor in yeah, fortunately our solutions are pretty flexible and we have worked on all types of greenhouses from, from very low tech poly house type uh, structures all the way up to, you know, very high tech uh, Venlo style, you know, super modern high tech greenhouses. So we can typically work with what's in place and we do a lot of retrofit projects. So, uh, but by no means does this have to be new build. Um, and on this topic, it's worth saying that rebates are, are a big part of what we do. We always, uh, work to bring rebate dollars to the table for our customers. And uh, typically it's available in the US and in Canada from the utility. 
Uh, and, and we can almost always qualify both for new builds and retrofits for those kinds of rebates. That's cool. I was, I was, uh, I was hoping you were going to say that because I think that growers uh, get nervous when they start to think about what kind of facility upgrades or, or changes are going to need to be made in order to install anything new, whether it's new irrigation systems or lighting or, you know, new transportation of benches and carts and things like that. So um, that that's really cool. And and you you really covered a lot, both of you in, in that last question. Um, but I've got more. So can you maybe share some case studies? Because I've worked with growers for a long time and I know that, that growers learn a lot from their peers. Um, they love to ask questions and hear from other operations similar to theirs that have gone through, you know, whatever change that might be. Um, but I guess specific to any recent projects that you've worked on or um, that might kind of characterize how your team partners with growers. And, uh, and then I think that the real important part is benefits that growers have seen in their crops, um, no matter what they're growing, um, but benefits that have been seen after these dynamic lighting systems were installed. Um, and then I, you know, kind of the, the outcomes that were planned for and what was achieved. Rose, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag you on this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, so just very basically, just to kind of summarize the way we work with growers is essentially, you know, ahead of light on uh, our agronomy team will actually chat with the growers to talk about, and, and this kind of goes on year after year, it's not just year one, where we'll talk with them about what crop they're growing, what their varieties are, if they have crop consultants or even seed reps, we try to loop them in as well, just to find out really what is the plan for this year and what are we actually looking to improve. And then from there, uh, we basically will provide this lighting strategy that will have a couple different configurations. So we'll have a very basic one where it's from day one to get you up and running. The idea being that a lot of times people's, people are planting and turning their lights on in fairly quick succession. And so it's a very busy time to give someone a plan that's a little bit more complicated and say, do this. So we give them a more basic option just to make sure you know, come hell or high water that they have something they can do. And then we provide other configurations based on their interests. So if they've said, you know, these are challenges that we have with this particular crop, then these other configurations will say, look, we suggest zoning it in this way. We suggest these recipes with these parameters. And also this is the data we suggest you look at. So it's all fine to see it visually. And there is a lot that you can tell visually from a crop, but for us to make sure that we're optimizing year in, year out, it really does help to have some baseline data. So we work with the grower to say, if you're looking to evaluate this particular treatment, we'd suggest looking at these parameters. And then from there, we'll do follow-ups with them throughout the season. So either through, you know, if, it, if they're far, we'll do a remote call. Otherwise we like doing regular visits to look at the crop, chat with them, chat with their consultants to make sure that what, what is happening is, is, is on the right path and that if we need to be taking any actions that we're doing so as proactively as possible. So that in a nutshell is something we do with pretty well all of our commercial clients. Some, uh, you know, some of our earliest examples of this obviously was with Allegro Acres. Uh, we've, uh, we've published a lot about that project, but essentially the first Lit Pepper project uh, and uh, currently installed over eight or 12 acres. And um, 
Yeah. And so with that, it was exactly that. It was having regular meetings with the growers, following their crop registration. And then when we're seeing that, you know, the plants are a little bit too, too short, the peppers are starting to stack. Then we go in and play with the spectrum to make sure that they're well spaced out. Uh, so that would have been kind of our first big example of that. Uh, we've been doing the same thing with strawberry growers um, and, and pretty well with every crop, just making sure that we're in fairly constant communication, not bombarding, but just making sure that we're in the loop. Uh, and, uh, and that, you know, if they do have concerns related to lights that they are calling us right away. We don't want to just be a, a provider where we sell the lights and we kind of disappear and say, have fun, you know, because for us, again, we also have a ton of curiosity and we want to make sure that it's working. So, uh, so yeah, pretty well, all of our clients, you know, minimum year one, we do, you have that just to make sure that they're up and running and that they're confident and also just very clearly that they're not overwhelmed. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, changing any system, even lighting can be overwhelming. And so for us, we work with them to kind of co-develop this learning path so that it's not overwhelming so that we make sure whatever data recommendations we're making, is that even doable? Do they have the people to do that? If not, okay, let's bring it down to a level that makes more sense uh, to that grower. So the whole idea being that we want to make sure the grower is able to pull something out of what they're doing so that even during the year, but at least in subsequent years, they can look back and say, oh, this is what I did. This worked really well. However, I want to do this next year. And so maybe in one day, different zone, different treatment, and then we can compare. So the whole idea, you know, with, with anything data related is to be able to look back on what you're doing and make sure that you're always making it better. That, that makes sense. And I can imagine, I can also appreciate that when, when these systems are installed, you don't have a year to play around with it because you have a crop to produce probably immediately. And then you're going to want to go back and tweak and work with the team at Saloon to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And, and like you said, I think that the, the data is, is very critical. Um, you know, a lot of growers tend to go by what they see, um, but more and more data measurement, um, certainly with, with ornamental growers is becoming very critical. And I would imagine with, with food crop producers, it's probably much more, uh, it's further down that path with, with measuring the data. That's that's really cool. Um, and Michael, you mentioned earlier the the research and, and the goals with working with universities and other research, probably independent researchers to uh, to learn more. Um, and you mentioned Rose learning from your customers, which is also really a, a kind of a noble, a noble approach from any sort of a supplier. So I, I think that that's that's awesome. But when, when you talk a little bit about the, the research and, and the new um, approach you guys have to working with uh, universities and like you said the land grant universities um, talk a little bit about uh, about what kind of information you're looking to gain from this research um, because I think when you when, when I hear about lighting some of the the breakthroughs are really amazing and and the impacts on crops are tremendous and you know, we, we hear a little bit about that, but what, what are the goals? Like, what, what are you looking to, to, to draw out of this research as you work um, with, with these universities and other partners? Yeah, so for Saloom, uh, really at the heart of what we do, you've heard it from Rose, you've heard it from me, and it's, it's really built into the technology itself that we offer is 
this belief that we're not done learning when it comes to lighting, that we're going to continue to learn. And you see it over the last five years, the, the strategies that we're deploying in, in supplemental lighting uh, today look totally different than they did five years ago. We're deploying higher light levels. We're deploying different spectra. We're using targeted uh, wavelengths to impact morphology, whether it's far red or blue. Uh, increasingly, you've got growers using blue light to bring out coloration like Rose talked about. And, and this is just kind of scratching the surface. Um, we see a future uh, coming rapidly in which we're tailoring the light recipe to the not only the species, but the variety. There's a lot of research showing that uh, responses to light uh, quantity spectra vary by variety. And so there's an opportunity to optimize yield, optimize quality um, through light treatments for each variety. And this is the type of research that we want to enable. So for, for us, honestly, it's not about a particular research outcome. It's, it's more about putting the right tools in the hands of the researchers that are already, you know, they, they know better than we do uh, about the, the avenues for research. And uh, we really view it as enabling them and helping to move the industry forward. Um, with that said, you know, if there's listeners that uh, are researchers, you know, please reach out. If there are listeners that are working through extension um, and, and in contact with these universities and, you know, they know great researchers or great extension agents that they think would benefit, please get in touch. Um, it's, it's our goal to, like I said, enable and, and help move things forward for the industry. Awesome. Rose, do you have anything to add when it comes to, uh, to some of the goals of the research projects you guys are working on? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, overall, with technology now, and especially especially as we're moving towards more sensors, um, like I mentioned on the data side, there's obviously a lot of power in seeing something happen in your greenhouse and in reporting that, but there's also an increasing level of interest on what's actually happening on a very small level to understand, well, why exactly? If I have you know, plants that are more resilient to X pathogen or disease under this light, why is that? And often it's with these extension services, with these uh, universities where we can actually dig into that and do that research, because obviously on a commercial side, that's that's not really where the commercial comes in. And so for us, you know, being able to work with different research centers basically allows us to understand why something is happening. Because if you understand from a base level that this particular process in a plant does this and it's influenced by light. Well, it allows you with different crops, crops to kind of bring it back to the basics and say, okay, well, this is what I saw in tomato on this process. I'm going to do the exact same thing to peppers. Does it elicit the same response? And so on that research side, I mean, there's, there's practical research where it's a little bit, you know, a little bit higher level, not necessarily going down to the genetics, but then there's a lot of work currently being done that goes all the way down to expression of, you know, a bunch of genes and what impact that has. And so for us with the universities, it's, it's really pulling that kind of information out. And for us, in terms of knowledge transfer and working with growers, we get, again, the challenging but really fun task of figuring out on a commercial scale, what does that mean? And then for us, it's also about identifying those growers who say, you know what, I'm kind of interested in testing this out. Maybe it's not on my whole greenhouse, maybe it's just in a section, 
but let's give it a shot. And then for us, it also allows us to start plugging people together. You know, we have different commercial growers where we'll say, you know what, I have someone in Quebec who's doing something similar, you guys should talk. But then it also allows us from a research center perspective to say, well, we've tried this here, let's put it to a commercial, you know, to a commercial environment. Our big example with that was with Allegro Acres and Harrow. So Harrow, a research and development center, you know, they were doing a lot of trials on continuous lighting and on, you know, basically a lot of different lighting protocols. And by collaborating with Allegro Acres, they were able to take what they were doing and apply it to, to a commercial context and say, okay, does this work? Yes, all right, what can we improve? And then they kind of bounce back and forth between each other. So that's the sort of synergy uh, we really like to see. Obviously working with universities is great, but being able to plug them in on the industry side and also to just be a part of that ecosystem is really, uh, it's, it's really fun for us. I can tell because collecting that information and then figuring out how to apply it for your clients is really one of the, it sounds like one of the, the big things that, that Saloon brings to the table. Um, and the more research you can be a part of, the more you can do that. So um, that's exciting. And uh, um, yeah, it keep, keep going in that direction because I know that there's a lot of university research being done on like you said not just the the species but the individual varieties i think that i mean i work for a breeding company we're always interested in how to optimize each of the varieties um within a a series of plants so that's really cool and uh it'll be fun to see how how uh you guys do in partnering with the the different research uh researchers out there all across north america and I do appreciate that look into the crystal ball. I mean, you mentioned pathogens and disease. Um, that to me is one of the real exciting things I've heard as, as it relates to lighting research. Um, I know that we're probably not too far down, down those paths yet in the ornamental plant market, but um, look into the future. That is something that I, I think can be really, really super important. So before we wrap up this discussion, um, I always like to ask uh, the folks that I'm talking to, is there anything we've missed? Is there anything that you want to either reiterate or something that I completely didn't even ask you that, that you want to make sure to uh, to get out there to the listeners? Um, and then I guess before you before you wrap up, talk a little bit about how uh, folks listening can get in touch, whether they do want to partner on research or they want to learn more about uh, more about the dynamic lighting systems. Um, Michael, why don't you yeah. why don't you start on this one? Yeah, I don't know that we missed it, but I just I just wanted to circle back on and encouraging growers to think about uh, flexibility and adaptability when they invest in lighting systems. Uh, we offer a lighting system that uh, uses software and uses uh, dynamic technology to uh, to give growers flexibility and adaptability, and it makes it makes that investment future proof. So uh, I don't think that that's really been part of the thinking or part of what was available with the technology and lighting in the past. And we enable that. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to underscore that. And in terms of uh, reaching out, well, actually, Rose, did you have anything you wanted to add there in terms of uh, last thoughts? Yeah, well, I think, you know, for me, my my job is very specifically working with growers. So I'm all about making sure you have good communications you know, with, with your lighting provider, especially, you know, in your selection phase, but even afterwards, I think one of the pain points we hear is, again, you buy lights and that's kind of it. Um, 
you know, I think it's, it's really important. We have a very important role in terms of keeping people up to date with what's going on. It shouldn't be up to the grower to have to sift through all this research and see, you know, what can I try in my greenhouse? And so, you know, generally I'd say, obviously with any providers you have challenge them on things and say, okay, well, if you're recommending this, why, what's the reason and what expertise are you bringing to the table because chances are as a grower, I'm going to call you back and say, Hey, this is happening. And I don't know why you're the expert. So making sure that you have someone that you can have those conversations and bounce off of each other and figure out, okay, well then what should I be doing instead? Uh, I think for us, you know, for me anyways, that's been, that's a very fulfilling part is being able to talk with people. I learn, we all learn. Um, but yeah, I think generally that's for me is a big, big thing. There's a lot of providers out there that sometimes really bombard people and it can be you know, very overwhelming. Um, and so definitely, you know, make sure that you're, you're with someone that can really help you grow and that can also help you both literally. And then also in, uh, in terms of development to make sure that you're optimizing your processes year in, year out. Oh, that that's great. I do think that challenging your suppliers to be a part of your growth as a company. Um, you know, when I talk to suppliers, the good ones want to do that. I mean, that that's a passion of of, of any partnership. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. So Michael, how do they, uh, how do they get in touch with you guys? Yeah. So, uh, check out our website to see more about our technology and it's uh, saloon S O L L U M dot tech D E C H. And you can reach out to me directly. I'm Michael at saloon dot tech. Uh, and yeah, I can connect you with Rose and the horticulture service team or, or really anybody that you would need to connect with in the Saloon team. Excellent. Thanks. I'll put a, I'll put a bunch of the links in the, the show notes. Um, I've got some, some links to some of your, uh, partnership projects and some of the, the projects that you've worked on in the past and definitely uh, a link to the website and, uh, and your email as well. Um, Rose and Michael, thank you so much for all of your time today. It's been a fun conversation. Um, I learned a lot. I think that the just the to think about the opportunities with dynamic lighting, um, like Saloon provides, is I mean it's energizing. It's you know it's new new technology, whether that's new varieties or new lighting systems. Um, new technology is really the lifeblood of, of of our industry, and it's what gets people excited. And and the the future truly is bright uh to use an overused pun with lighting and i absolutely appreciate your knowledge and willingness to share so thank you guys very very much thank you bill thanks for the opportunity to talk with you and, and with the audience here thank you and i am bill calkins with tech on demand reminding you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app we're on itunes spotify google stitcher odyssey and just about all the others and jump back into the archives because there are more than 80 episodes just like this one packed with tons of useful information and take care out there. Mm -hmm.